Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Screw the Stigma. My name is Afra and thank you so much for tuning in this week. I took a two weeks break off uh, because I couldn't even get out of bed. I had a health issue where I had to be in bed. Basically, I was really sick and I wasn't even able to get out. So unfortunately, I couldn't edit my podcast as usual and get it out. And I am a known procrastinator. I always edit my episodes last minute because that's just the way I am. I am really trying to change that. So I will be now from now onwards editing all my episodes in bulk so that you guys don't miss a episode or a week. I'm learning from mistakes. But actually that break was a really needed one because my I was so mentally exhausted. I was pushing myself way too much and staying up late and basically just having an overall just very shitty schedule and that affected me. So take this as a lesson like take care of yourself, take care of your health, drink water and also like eat right. Uh, get some sleep on time because I know that with the lockdown that's happening all around the world in different ways, um, do get vaccinated. But if you are um, not vaccinated, do stay at home and take care of yourselves. But on another note, this episode is available on YouTube as usual, so you can go check that out. It's available in the description below of this episode, as well as my Instagram page where I create a lot of different type of content, as well as educational, inspiring, and entertaining content. So do check that out as well. And I've been creating a lot of uh, videos on my Instagram, which takes a lot of time, but I really enjoy them. So if you do like them, do leave a comment down below and I'll be happy to make more of them. But yeah, on that note, I don't want to take too much of your time and I'll be moving on to this week's episode, which will be with Rhonda Green. I do want to give a trigger warning because this episode is about how to heal from an abusive relationship if you went through that traumatic experience, how to properly heal from that and also how to know if you're in an abusive relationship and how to get out of that and love yourself first. But uh, we do talk about um, some forms of domestic abuse. So if you are... If you get triggered by that, then uh, you, we do mention that before, so you can skip that part. Or you can skip this episode and move on to another episode, which will be coming out on Wednesday. Because since I didn't post an episode for two weeks, I'll be posting another one on Wednesday as well. So without taking up too much of your time, I'll be moving on to this week's episode. I'll be cutting to that now. Hello, everyone. I have Rhonda Green with me today. Hello, Rhonda. How are you doing? Hello, I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great. How, how have you been? How's your year been? How's 2021 been so far? 2021 has definitely been better than 2020. I think everyone has experienced the um, blues of being home 24-7. So <laughs> 2021 has been better because we're able to get out a little more. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, it's definitely been a, a lot better than 2020 already. And um, you've been doing a lot of amazing work for women, healing women, helping them get out from their trauma and to become stronger people and to heal from all their past wounds. And before we get into all of that, amazing things that you're doing can you would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself where you're from and what you do to the listeners sure i'm originally from south carolina i currently reside in the state of georgia um i'm a mom i have a daughter who is a senior in college and as far as what i do for women i'm a two-time survivor of domestic violence 
for many years after getting out of those relationships, I just wasn't me. I was just kind of dragging through life, not really truly being happy. And the reason was because I had not found the happiness in my heart so that I could move on past the pain of those relationships. Now what I do is help other women to survive after surviving because believe it or not, we can get out those relationships, but there's not much guidance for women once you're out. You know, everybody wants you to definitely get out because that's best for you because violence of any kind um, is never healthy. But once you are out of those relationships, how do you get your life back together? How do you get over the feeling of not being successful in a relationship, not being loved, having that failed relationship on top top of the failed relationship, having the struggle of being abused physically, mentally, and emotionally? How do you get past that and really find who you are and live a happy life again? I help women to answer those questions and work through those things. You are basically using your previous experiences and the lessons that you learned to help women now. And that's, that's incredible because it's definitely difficult to work through your areas that you've been before hurt before. And that is something that is incredible because you're building strength and you're also helping women build their strength. And for a little bit of a back info, do you mind sharing about what your previous relationships that you were in that were abusive? Yes, those relationships were very defining. Anytime we go through any type of trauma, it changes us because we don't just forget what we went through and we move forward kind of navigating life differently. But it's okay to navigate future relationships and interactions with other people differently. But at the same time, you don't want to navigate them through a lens of hurt. When I was in college, I found myself involved with a young man who suddenly became abusive. I know that he had an abusive upbringing. His parents, um, Lisa's mom towards him, he said was abusive. I'm sure that affected him, but he never went to counseling or healed within. And so that came into our relationship. Um, I remember the first time we were sitting in my dorm room just having a conversation and something triggered him. I don't even know what I said, but all I remember was that very first time where he slapped me and I was in shock. I was so in shock, I was numb. I didn't know what to do. I dated him, continued to date him until I learned that two people who may be good individually are not good for each other. So I left that relationship and then I started dating again I actually had my daughter in between those years, and then I got into another relationship, not with my child's father, but that relationship, we moved in together. And after we moved in together with the plans of getting married, actually ended up living together and that relationship became abusive as well. And so I ended up um, you know, going through a lot within those relationships. And they kind of molded how I navigated life afterwards, which sometimes you can have a map or a GPS and the GPS tells you to go one direction. I always seem to go the wrong direction with the men in my life. And a part of that was because I was attracted to what I thought I could fix. 
I wanted to be a nurturer. And I figured if I could fix something that would make me feel better about myself, never thinking that, no, I can't fix anyone else. But what I can do is become a better person. And however I can help someone else now become a better person because of the experiences that I've had, it is my goal to do that with the women that I meet and men, because men can be abused as well. Mm-hmm. And that's a great point that you shared about being um, wanting to help uh, fix people. And I think that's never a good solution. And usually it comes from a point, personally, it came from a point for me where I didn't want to, uh, I wasn't happy with myself. So I had to go and get that satisfaction of trying to fix someone and that is never the solution because like you mentioned you cannot fix someone but you can improve yourself and fix the parts of yourself that you do not like about yourself and that's a that's a great way of looking at things and you mentioned that you got yourself into uh, another relationship that was also abusive how was your reaction when you figured out how did you feel when you figured out that this relationship was also abusive. And what was your final straw of getting out? I cannot believe that it was happening again. And by this time, I had a daughter. Mm-hmm. My goal was to have that perfect family. I mean, mm-hmm. I grew up in a two-parent household. My parents are still married to this day. I wanted the same for my daughter. But what I did not realize was me trying to make this perfect family was actually hurting her and it was hurting me because she saw the struggles I was going through. As a young adult, I could not understand why I didn't have the perfect relationship like my parents, you know, they have this fairy tale life story. Um, My mom, she was in high school when she met my dad, they married shortly after and they live happily ever after. So I thought my world was supposed to be like that too. And I wanted to have that kind of life. I wanna just settle down, have a family, have more children, I had to realize that somebody else's story is not necessarily my story. And that does not mean it's less of a story. It's not a valuable story. It's just a different story. And we don't live in a fairy tale world. So I had to get that idea out of my head as well. Um, But when I walked into that relationship, and again, it's a shocker when you first experience that with someone. And because I had experienced it before, I somewhat was conditioned to that kind of treatment. I had allowed myself to accept it because on the outside, no one knew what was going on. So I figured once again, I can make this work. He will change. I love him. I can love you through whatever your challenges are and get you, love you to the point where you change and be who I want you to be. But we can't love people into changing and Sometimes we want something so bad, we will sacrifice our own happiness for it. Mm. So I found myself again in this relationship. Remind me, this time I was engaged. (laughs) So I really wanted to work because I didn't want to embarrass myself. I didn't want to, you know, disappoint my family because, you know, people, you think your path is you graduate from high school, you go to college, you fall in love, you get married, you have children. That's what the world conditions us as women to do, not realizing as a woman, you can choose a separate path and you can still be happy and live the life that's perfect for you. So what happened was 
in that relationship, again, this was one that it was a much stronger bond because we were living together. And of course, you start to experience life with someone. It's just like your friends. The people you do life with, you become really close to them and you don't want to let them go. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just think the bad times are the bad times and they will get better. But the bad times got really, really bad. I called the police a couple of times. They came and would remove him from the home because obviously they could tell from the bruises on my body what was going on. The problem was I always took him back. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women do that. We should not feel bad because our hearts are on our shoulders and we've given our hearts to someone and they also are controlling us. So I took him back and then eventually I called the police And the last time I called the police, they took us both to jail. Mm -hmm. So I tell my friends, yes, I rode in a paddy wagon. (laughs) Luckily, they were just trying to teach me a lesson. Mm -hmm. And that was a hard lesson because I had to call my sister to come pick up my child. The police officer put us both in the vehicle, Mm -hmm. um, separated, of course, and took us to the county jail. They never put me behind bars. I think. That's why I think they were really just trying to teach me a lesson. So I was detained and officially never arrested. My ex was arrested. We had to go to court, the whole shebang. And um, he was ordered to leave the home. And that was my wake-up call. My wake-up call was this man is trying to destroy my life. Forget that he was also trying to take my life. But he was trying to destroy everything about me. That was my wake-up call. I don't want women to have to get to that point where they have a wake-up call because some are not as lucky as Mm. I was, you know, and I know some people listening, this may be a trigger to you. So we just want to give you a heads up that we are talking about domestic violence, but this person, um, there were times where, you know, I had bruises on my body. I would wear long sleeve shirts just to cover them up you know, and when you're in that situation, you, you're not in your right mind, to be honest Mm -hmm. with you, you're not, because anyone in their right mind completely understands that abuse is wrong. We are not made to be hit on. Mm -hmm. So that was my wake up call. I left the relationship. I now make sure that I look at the warning signs and the red flags and take them for what they are. They are signs, and we just have to make a decision. It's like when you come to a stop sign, you have to make a decision. Am I going to run this stop sign, or am I going to stop and look both ways to see if it's safe to proceed? Mm -hmm. We have to do that in our own lives. When we see a stop sign, any kind of behavior or indication that something's not right, we got to listen to our gut and stop at that stop sign and evaluate, is it safe to proceed? And we have to do that so that we can find ourselves in healthier relationships. Yeah, I think that is so well said because it's so easy to fall back into that trap of, you know, forgiving them and taking them back. But at the end of the day, it's going to be an endless cycle going back and in and the amount of hurt that I cannot even imagine of going through that traumatic incident. And you, you gave such wonderful advice. And I think that's really something that 
people should think about and value themselves. And I, and I know that that's what abuse does to you, that it makes you devalue yourself to know, to not know what you're worth and to not know exactly what to do. And I guess that is commonly because of society's expectations on having this ideal family that not only is expected expected but that's what we often see like everywhere even in like movies and things like that that this is what we need to have to be happy and I don't agree with that because I think everybody is on their own journey on what makes them happy and what makes them fulfilled to do different things and it's really about choosing the path that works for you and to respect yourself and what to know that what really wants you know what what yourself is telling you to do and I think you've you've been doing that really great and helping others in that process and I wanted to ask you like definitely going back and doing all like going through this traumatic incident must have been really difficult for you and getting out of the what was your healing process like after you got out of this relationship and how did you deal with all this PTSD and everything I was in denial Mm-hmm. So when I left the first abusive relationship, I was in my early 20s. I took my daughter to counseling to make sure she was okay because she saw some of the things that were happening in the home. I didn't know how she would process that. I didn't know how that would affect her. So I took her to counseling, but I did not go. Because once again, we think we're fine. Mm-hmm. You know, we think, oh, I'm going to just move on and life goes on happily ever after. But no. You can actually suppress things. You can also put up a defense and you don't even realize that you are self-sabotaging yourself because you have this defense mechanism because of the trauma you have experienced. And you call it PTSD. And there are now reports showing that women who go through abuse, not only do they have PTSD, but because they are often slapped or hit upside the head, they can actually have brain trauma. So this is a really serious thing. I know there are some people who listen and say, I just don't understand why someone would stay. And I tell them, imagine you are working in corporate America and you want to climb the corporate ladder. You want to get to the top because you think at the top, you're going to have that million dollar salary. Life is going to be great. Things are going to be perfect. You are focused on getting to the top in the same way that a woman or man is focused on making their relationship work. Mm. You will go to your job and you will work 80 hours in a week. That's just ridiculous. Okay. In the same way, someone in an abusive relationship, they will put their all into that relationship because they are expecting to get to the top. They're expecting to see the, you know, the rainbow at the end of all mm. of this. They want to see that pot of gold at the end of the <laughs> rainbow. So they're doing everything, just like the person working in corporate America is doing everything to make it to the top, to get to what they think is their happiness. And along the way, you make those sacrifices. You don't see how detrimental it is to you. So for those who don't really understand why women stay, I hope that helps you understand a little bit, just like in your career, you're trying to make something work, you're trying to reach a goal. People are trying to do the same thing in relationships, but sometimes goes wrong. So when I got out that relationship, like I said, I took my daughter to counseling, but I did not go. I was still trying to climb the corporate ladder. I was trying to get in another relationship, you know, 
and make the next relationship work. But I was always attracting the wrong people. I was always allowing the wrong people into my life. And my standards were not as high as they are now. Um, now my friends laugh because they say, well, you don't have any patience <laughs> at all now. And that's probably why I'm single because I don't have the patience to put up with what I would have put up with in my twenties. You know, mm -hmm. I'm in my forties now, so I've grown and become wiser. So if you want to be in my life, you've got to have your A game on because there's no space for these simple immature mistakes and there's no space for behavior that I see might lead to something that I don't want to allow in my relationship. And we all just have to mature and grow up and understand we're human beings with feelings and emotions. And there's a certain level of maturity and there's a certain level of just decency as a human being. You want the best for the person that you are with. And I want the best of the person I'm with. And we are to help each other get to that top, <laughs> climb that corporate ladder of the relationship without it being a struggle, without it being a tedious 80-hour week job to be happy. So you find that happiness within yourself, and then when you meet the right person, it just falls in place. And there's, no, there's nothing in the relationship that will be detrimental to either one of you. You should always be pulling each other up. That's wonderful. And I love the fact that how you say your standards are so high up now. And I think that's just incredible because I, it's really important to know exactly what we want and getting to that point can be difficult because it's so easy to be like, oh, you know, I don't really want this right now, or it's not that important. I can look past it. But that's when we start eliminating all the basic things that we look for and then start settling, I think. And yeah. settling is something that is so um, common because people say that, oh, well, you know, if you don't find the right person by the age of 30, then you probably won't find the person for the rest of your life, you know, and that who you're going to be with, who, you, who would want to be with you after you end up being 30. And I just find that ridiculous. Like, why is it such <laughs> an important thing to be with, to find someone at a certain age? And, you know, what I feel like people will start and ending up losing their standards and like losing what is important to them and definitely end up with the wrong person. And, you know, you're doing you said that really well, the having high standards, yes. Yeah. Well, you know what I did find at a certain age, and we all do? Mm. We find ourselves. Mm. And a lot of times when we're younger and we have the wrong ideas about life, mm. we forget to get to know ourselves. So when I have my small groups with women, I really want them to learn to love themselves. Because if you love yourself, you're not going to put up with someone yelling at you. <laughs> you know, we're going to have differences, but we can talk through them like adults. Mm -hmm. You're not going to put up with someone who will slap you because mm -hmm. violence is never an answer. Mm -hmm. It is demeaning. Um, there is no reason for it. You know, my dad said, if he didn't put his hands on me, there should not be a man putting his hands on me. Mm -hmm. So I definitely believe that you have to have your standards. You have to love yourself. And when you start to get to know yourself, when you start to enjoy life, you find a happiness in your heart that no one can take away from you. So you're not going to allow someone to come in your life who's not going to add to that. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So once we get to know ourselves and we love ourselves and we start enjoying life, all that other stuff does not matter because of COVID and because there's been so many deaths around the world, we understand how precious life is. And when you're younger, you really think you're going to live until you're a hundred years old, but that's not always the case. That's why every moment we have to spend it with people who love us. And even if you're single or living alone, love yourself. I mean, I just have so much fun now. And some of the ladies are like, you did what? (laughs) I just will go do some crazy off the wall thing. Nothing dangerous, but I will just try new things. You know, I tell them, you know, if you've never gone snow skiing or you've never done water aerobics, do that. These things will get you out the house. They will help you enjoy life in other ways. And it also will help you heal. Um, I tell them to go volunteer, go feed the homeless, go to an animal shelter and pet, you know, the cats and dogs. (laughs) Start to enjoy the little things in life. Start to give back to life and life will give back to you. That's all a part of the healing process. Uh, that's so that's incredible because you know it is so easy to get lost in all the unnecessary details and to f- keep focusing on that and lose our energy as well as the main goal which is to basically live a happy life and it's it's so easy to fall into the trap of being you know confining to what society wants us to do and which often ends up being unhappy because there's obviously there's so many things that we do that people looking on the outside don't think it's the right conventional thing to do and I you know everybody has something to say and I feel like it's it's going to always be there it's going to be like this voice that's in your ear like hey what will people think but at the end of the day if you're happy and if that's all that matters it's it's as simple as that doing the small little things unless you're not harming anyone I don't find any reason as to why you can't do the things that makes you happy and you know you said it in such a beautiful way and I wanted to go back to the fact that your your dad mentioned that if I'm not I didn't lay hands on you then no man it should ever do how was this news of abuse to your family when you when you were arrested and when they found out that you were in the situation? So when I got arrested, my dad said to me, so there's been a lot going on that you never let us know about. Mm -hmm. That was my family's perspective because a woman or man, they feel embarrassed and ashamed that this is going on. You feel like you are a failure. You feel like it is your fault. The aggressor, has done things to make you feel that way. Sometimes they will tell their victims, you're worthless. Nobody else will want you. You caused me to do this. So when you hear this day in and day out, you start to believe it. And even though I did not come from a background where physical violence was a part of my upbringing or yelling, my parents never yelled. You know, they didn't argue in front of us. I'm sure that they had disagreements. They've been married since high school. I'm sure they've had disagreements, but that was not how things were handled in my household. So for me to get in a relationship where it was totally opposite, I was like, okay, I did something wrong. Okay. And that was compounded upon him telling me that things are my fault, you know? So my parents and my family, they did not know. They did not know everything that was going on. 
and we didn't live in the same city, so I didn't see them that often. Um, that was another way that I could keep things hidden because they were not, they were like a three hour drive from where I lived at the time. So, and then I was not on social media back then, you know, Facebook and all that was not big like it is now. So you couldn't see daily what was going on in my life. And even now there's women out there, you can't see what's going on behind closed doors. And you said, it's, you know, what people think, but I ask women and men who are in those situations, what do you think? Is this your best life? Is this how you want tomorrow to be just like yesterday? Because it's a cycle that does not change. He or she may say, this was the last time. I'm so sorry. I'm going to get help. I won't do it again. But we all know that it is a cycle that does not end. Mm -hmm. I always tell people, break free because there's a new cycle you can begin to get in, a cycle where you're loving yourself, where you're becoming free, where you're being happy. And we repeat that cycle because that's the way to break the negative cycle that you just got out of. You want to make sure that you're doing everything to live whole and happy and healed again. Yes, exactly. And it, it takes a lot of hard work and it's incredibly difficult, but it's, it's the end result. It's, it's beautiful when you realize that you, you really don't have to rely on anyone else but yourself and getting to that point is just something that's it's really wonderful because that's I feel like when you once you get to the point of when you value yourself and you love yourself it's instantly like you start looking at things like I'm not going to let anyone in who's going to ruin that so your standards become incredibly high and that's not a bad thing you know it doesn't matter like who you know just because your standards are high doesn't mean that you're not going to find anyone I think that's not that's not the right way to look at things it just means that you're valuing yourself and your your self your yourself your self-respect is being incredibly high because you know what works for you and what doesn't and you set your boundaries straight and I think that is the most important thing and I want to go back to that and say that did you ever feel like once you start healing and once you start working on yourself did you ever feel pressurized by the society of getting being back into that ideal family that you once thought was was the ideal way to live because we're told that we should just go ahead and get married and everybody always says oh you're 40 now you're 45 when are you getting married and they ask that question like there's something wrong with you because you're not <laughs> And honestly, I do want to get married someday, but I'm not going to get married before I know it's the right person, the right time. Mm -hmm. You can be happy with you. And I am at a point now, if someone doesn't bring me more joy than what I have now, if they can't bring me greater financial wealth than what I'm building now, if they can't bring me a closer relationship with God than where I am now, there's no reason for you to be in my life because if I'm at this level, I want to get with someone who's going to bring me up to this level. And then we keep bringing each other up and up and up till we get to the top of that corporate ladder, so to speak, in our relationship, you know, and for me, I eventually did go to counseling and that helped me heal. I did not go to counseling till many, many years after both of those relationships. It got to a point where I just could not figure out why 
was I self-sabotaging things? Why did I not feel worthy? Why is it that I'm so gifted and talented, but it doesn't seem like my life reflects what I have within? Everything is within. You have everything within that you need to live the life that you want to live. The issue is we don't realize it's within. Mm -hmm. Until you go through some challenges, you don't realize your strength. You know, it's like, I ran a 5K before. I never thought I would do that. I'm not in shape right now to do that again, but I've done it before. <laughs> so I know I can do it again. But until you start to train, until you build up your strength, and until you do it, you don't realize what you're capable of. Everything was in me to do that 5K before I ever trained for it. But it took me going through the challenges of getting up, running a mile here, then adding it, running a half, one and a half mile until I got to the, you know, the 5k. So we can do whatever we put our minds to, but we've got to be able to understand the way to get it done. And the way to be happy is also going to be going to counseling. I encourage everyone to get professional counseling. And when I went I still didn't know how bad I needed it. I didn't know how bad I needed to open up with myself and be honest with myself, face what I had gone through and not just block out those memories. Mm -hmm. My counselor told me, read a book called Addicted to Pain. And when she told me that, I was like, <laughs> addicted to pain? How dare you insult me like that? She's like, read the book. <laughs> when I read the book, everything in there was me. So I began to see this pattern. And now that's one of the things I help women with seeing. There's a pattern sometimes in our lives that we don't even recognize. Everyone has a routine. Like when you go to the grocery store, you probably go to the exact same grocery store. That's your routine. That's your pattern. So you've got to find things to bring in a new pattern so you can have a different lifestyle. And um, yeah, I truly did not realize I was addicted to pain. Um, and for some people, a relationship can be addictive. And we all know that addictions are bad. Exactly. And, and that's, that's a wonderful title for a book. It's just like straight to the point. Addictions <laughs> are bad. Okay, I'll make my next book. Addictions are bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so well said that um it's so easy to keep getting ourselves going back because when we don't figure out that root cause it's like an endless cycle of the same things happening or the same people that you meet but in different forms and i feel like that's so common and a lot of people tell me about the experience about not healing and falling back into that same place that they were because it's usually the mindset that well this happened to me once and it won't happen again and not really finding out why you got yourself into that point. And you talked about counseling and how you didn't really want to go. And there's a huge stigma behind taking care of ourselves. And I think take, it seems like people often kind of link 
getting the help that you need to like, oh, there's something incredibly wrong with you that you need to go and do that, which is is really crazy. But I know that now it's becoming more acceptable to talk about therapy more freely and to talk about mental health. But I'm pretty sure back then it wasn't as easy to get to that point. So how do you help women to understand that it's an important part of the healing process to get help? Well, I tell them you need different people in your life who can pour into you. Mm -hmm. If you think back when we were in middle or elementary school, we rotated classes. You went to science teacher for science. You went to an English teacher for English. You went to your math teacher for math. Each one of them specialized in something different. So we apply that to our lives. You need to go to a counselor to help you with your mental health. If you have an addiction, you would go to a substance abuse counselor. Um, You know, if you just want someone to support you, give you guidance and help coach you through some things in life, then you go to someone like me. You have to get all of those classes in life, just like you had the different classes to graduate and finish school. Life is no different. You're going to need to go to different people. And I think that the mental portion of it is the most important part. You need to go to someone who is a trained medical doctor, psychologist, so that they can help you to get through what you can't see right now so that you can learn more about yourself, learn how your brain ticks so that you can begin to address any challenges or changes that need to be made so that you once again can be whole. I mean, I talk about being whole and talk about when you're younger and you're innocent, young child, you know, the world is yours. And there is such a peace, a joy and an innocence in children. We were all that way. When we were born into this world, we were all just a clean slate, innocent, and we trusted everybody. Um, I know you can't trust everybody, but what I want to make the point of is that remember when you were younger, and you were happy, you had dreams, and nothing could come in between you and who you were and your happiness. As an adult, we can get back to that point, but it's gonna take professional help, it's gonna take other coaches and friends who have your best interests and heart. Um, So even with healing, I tell people, disconnect from those who were detrimental to you at that time. If you have an ex who was abusive, you need to completely cut that person off. Um, If you are a parent and y'all have to co-parent, there are ways to do that in which you don't have to go over to his house. You know, you can Mm. find a mutual place to exchange the kids. There are different programs that even facilitate that because they don't want someone to go drop off the kids and that guy then attacks the mom. So there are different methods though that you can move on with your life and you can live a normal life again, um, be healthy and be whole. But bringing in all different kinds of specialists to help you get to that point is important. It's very important. That's that's so beautiful because you know it's so often that we neglect ourselves and don't take care of ourselves and think about what we need to do in order to be the best selves that we can be. And ultimately it's about being happy and 
you know, you said it in a such a simple way, but in a, such an effective way that we need some, like you said, need classes, we need people, we need to know when and when is the point to make that change. And I think that change really comes from accepting that we need the change and we need help and it's okay to not be okay and it's okay to rely on people to to get you to that point where you're completely okay and to be your 100% again and that's fine and you know there's no shame in that there's there's nothing wrong with you know going to therapy there's no point in getting counseling there's 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 no shame in that because it's at the end of the day it's about really ultimately being the best self that you can be and it really is getting the meeting the right people and getting that help and uh, that's wonderful and i would like to know more about the work that you're doing to help women to heal from their trauma as well as get a, getting away from their abusive relationships yeah because if you talk to anyone who's successful in any area of life they will tell you they didn't do it alone there was somebody there to help them there's somebody there to pull them up when you are recovering after abuse you need a support group you need someone there to encourage you to uplift you someone who knows what you're going through i've been there so i know what it feels like when you don't know what's going to happen next you don't know because even after i got out of the relationship i can remember um being at a doctor's office and a person, a male just said, Hey, how you doing? Just kind of pat my shoulder like that. And I was taken back because the last male that even touched me, it was not a gentle touch. Mm -hmm. So there's things like that. I understand when women say they are uncomfortable, even just going in public again. Um, You know, some people have had experiences that you would not believe. And that's why when women come to me, I do have special guests that come into our private groups who are trained, who are trained in abuse, who are trained in narcissism, who are medical doctors. I invite those individuals to come to our group session so we can have a talk. Um, And then you can also have one-on-one individuals with that counselor outside. We go through a program that called Reclaim 3, And it's a three-month program, but we really focus on different things to get ourselves back on track. We will read books, um, including the one I mentioned before. That's one of the books on my book list. (laughs) And we'll have book discussions. Um, We will read things like Reva Tim's When It All Falls Apart. And so the title right there just tells you, you know, she went through some things in her marriage. Um, It wasn't abuse, but... These things, when you read other people's stories, when you listen to my story, when I open my heart and my world to you, my trauma to you, it lets you know that, hey, I went through something just like you. We can connect on that level and then we can hold each other's hand as you get through surviving what you just got out of. Those relationships I was in, um, they happened like 20, almost 20 years ago, over 20 years ago for the first one. So it took a long time for me to face my reality and then to heal. I don't want other women to waste 20 years of their lives living beneath the happiness that they can truly have. So when we get together, we talk about anything and everything. Um, 
and then also help them with their goals because a lot of times you have suppressed your career or what you want to do. I have one woman who wanted to write a book, so I have already done that process. I'm just helping her do the same because she's already a part of the program. So there's like not an additional fee or charge for that. I want to see everyone succeed. And I would love to be a part of those steps to help everyone who needs that help to go through that classroom. Come on in my classroom. <laughs> um, we do the group sessions. We do the individual one-on-ones. And I also make sure that I connect them with any additional resources that they need so that they can get their lives back on track. Um, and so that's what I do, just really helping people survive after surviving. That's, that's wonderful. And I had an amazing time talking to you and I know that a lot of people would like to reach you or go, go to your workshop. So can you talk a little bit about your workshop and your social medias that you prefer connecting with people and where they can see your work? Absolutely. This time has gone by fast. I'm like, wait, we just started talking. <laughs> so you can connect with me on my website, rondagreen.com, R-H-O-N-D-A-G-R-E-E-N.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram. My handle is author Rhonda Green on Facebook at After Surviving. So those are different ways you can reach out to me. I do respond. My phone number's on my website. So if you call me, I will answer. <laughs> and um, I'm a small business owner, but even as things grow, I want to be hands-on, one-on-one with you because it's me and my experience and my knowledge is going to help you move to the next level to enjoy your life. And I truly care about every woman that comes through and does a workshop with me or just, you know, I'm also on YouTube you want to see some of my past webinars, just search on YouTube for Rhonda Green. That's wonderful. And I, like, I, I didn't even know the time was going by so fast. I didn't realize, oh my God, it's already been an hour because <laughs> you had such a nice way of explaining things and getting a different perspective. And I think that's what I really love is about meeting wonderful people who share, although they've been through so much, is making the most of that they can from their trauma and, and helping other people as well. And that's incredible. Thank you so much for joining me today. And before we end this, do you have any final thoughts? Thank you for having me. I thank you for what you're doing for the community on a global level, because <laughs> I know we're in different locations. Um, I hope that this really takes off. I hope that it reaches millions because all of your podcasts, you have excellent guests and great conversations and everyone that I've listened to, I gained something out of it. So keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. That really means so much to me. And I just want to help people and to make a difference as much as I can. And in any way, shape or form, even if I impact two people, that is such a wonderful thing to to think that, you know, we're able to make a difference and you're doing that beautifully. And that's how I you know your story is really incredible. And I'm pretty sure that it will definitely make a difference. Anyone listening to this, because it's, it really did make me even, even myself, when you, when I heard you talking about it, I realized that there is, you know, we are in control of our lives. And at the end of the day, it's really about what, what move that we make that makes us happy. 
And I had such an amazing time talking to you. Thank you so much, Rhonda, for joining me and for everybody listening. I will see you all next week. Thank you.